walk through the garden You better watch your back Well, I beg your pardon Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, Energized by Self. It's a Wednesday edition of the show, but it's almost like a Thursday because the Bucks play on Thursday, which is very exciting. Get the sour taste out of their mouth after losing back-to-back weeks to teams that had one win at the time. Now we are going to preview Bucks versus Ravens, which should be... An entertaining matchup, hopefully, but the Bucks will have to hold up their end of the bargain. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me is my co-host that runs PewterReport.com. It is Scott Reynolds. And Scott, it's maybe a very good team right now, but we are still going to put on a very good show. Dare I say, the greatest show that we've ever put on here on the Pewter Report podcast, which has over 600 episodes to this point. Oh, yeah. I mean, it very well could be the best Peter Report podcast we've ever done. Matter of fact, I'm feeling pretty good about it. So we've we've done our research on the Ravens. We just got the injury report, and it's looking uh, not so great for the Bucks. A little bit better for the Ravens, but probably a lot of game time decisions. And and this should be a very interesting game. This is a, this is a must win game, Matthew. Yeah, I mean we're talking about four out of five of the last games that Tampa Bay has played. They've dropped with only one win against the, the Atlanta Falcons in there and um, and coming off two horrific losses to one-win football teams, the Pittsburgh Steelers and, of course, last week's game against the Carolina Panthers, which seemed like like uh, eons ago, but also seemed like it was like four, three or four days ago. So yeah, uh, we'll, we'll get to that. We have a lot of video from the press conferences that happened yesterday. Byron Leftwich. I, I would say answering some questions, but did he really answer those questions? And and really a bunch of nothing burgers served up by Tom Brady in his press conference. Um, well, I think you've got queued up a question that I asked him that, that was actually pretty direct and specific. <laughs> and I think he literally spit out the answer to the previous question verbatim because it had nothing to do with the question I asked. So we'll, we'll throw that uh, out there as well, but lots to get to today, Matt, I think probably everyone's wanting to know who's in and who's out for this Bucks Ravens game. So even though it's a Wednesday, we're, this is the day before the game here. So let's get right to the injury report. Do you have that pulled up? Yes, I do. And for those that maybe didn't already see this, so we, we put it on our Twitter earlier. We had a story on PeterReport.com. Uh, there are a number of Buccaneers that are out for this game, particularly in the secondary and a big question at left guard, which, of course, we've been talking about it. Everyone's been talking about it, and all the fans want to know. So uh, here's the Bucks injury report, and then we will get into the, the Ravens as well. Uh, starting off, Cameron Brait is out with that neck, a neck injury. Carlton Davis out with a hip. Russell Gage, that was a surprising one. He did yeah. not practice today. He is out with the hamstring. Luke Edeke, as you see on the screen here, he is out with a foot injury. He did not what practice at all this week. That means Nick Leverett, ladies and gentlemen, uh-huh. will be starting at left guard for the Bucks. So a bit of a, no no offense to uh, Luke Edeke, but a bit of an addition by subtraction. Nick Leverett is in the game. Played very well last week in the limited amount of snaps that he had against Carolina. Played 20 snaps and was very solid. So this is a great audition for him. If he plays well and maybe the run game moves up a notch from absolutely pitiful to somewhat okay, maybe Nick (laughs) Leverett becomes the starter for uh, the rest of the regular season. That's obviously one big thing we will, without question, be keeping an eye on uh, for tomorrow's game. Continuing with the list here, Sean Murphy Bunting is out with a quad injury. Akeem, uh, sorry, Antoine Winfield Jr. also out. He's still in concussion protocol. Wasn't very likely he was going to play. Now the two guys that have potentially a chance to play, two guys that we have not seen in quite a while, Scott, that is defensive tackle Akeem Hicks dealing with the foot injury. He is listed as questionable, Mm -hmm. however... Head coach Todd Bowles spoke today, and he said that it's probably doubtful that Akeem Hicks can play, but they will monitor him, see how he looks tomorrow. So still holding out hope for that. And last but certainly not least, 
Julio Jones, the curious case of Julio Jones. He practiced twice this week, including today. We put up video on Pewter Report's Twitter of him making some one-handed catches. I should say I went like this, but it was a one-handed catch. Uh, You know, just warming up, soft little tosses there. He is questionable as well, but again, soft, Matt. So yeah, (laughs) yeah, S A W F T soft, soft, yeah. But this one requires a little bit more monitoring as well with the fact that Russell Gage is definitely out. And not that the number three wide receiver has really been a position that has contributed to the Bucs passing game this year. But if Julio is, by the grace of God, able to play, maybe we see something there. Um, Everyone else on the list, Tom Brady, Mike Evans, uh, Cole Keith with an ankle, Shaq Mason with an ankle. They were limited today, but should be good to go for the game. (laughs) What does Nate say here? I'm anticipating the Bucs to totally erupt and blow the doors (laughs) off the Ravens, but I'm also not totally sane and can literally talk myself into anything pertaining to the Bucs. Winston (laughs) made me that way. Made me that way. Blame is Jameis. Oh, that's good stuff, Nate. Thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, going to the Ravens side, they only have one player that is definitely out for the game, and that is a Clayus Campbell, who obviously is a, a formidable player along that defensive line. So that'll hurt yep. the Ravens, kind of helps the Bucks there. And then a lot of players are listed as questionable. Tight end mm-hmm. Mark Andrews with the knee. Uh, Rashad Bateman with a foot. He practiced in full today, but it is questionable. Yep. Uh, Josh Bynes, their linebacker, was limited mm-hmm. in practice today. Gus Edwards with the knee was limited. Marlon Humphrey with hamstring, who practiced in full. Marcus Peters with the quad, he practiced full. Everyone else I'm about to li- uh, list also practiced in full. That's uh, their offensive tackle, Ronnie Staley, with an ankle. Cornerback, Brandon Stevens, with an oblique. And Ben Cleveland, their offensive lineman, with the foot injury. Uh, Cleveland is not listed as anything, so he should be good to go. Yeah. for the game but uh a lot of guys out for the tampa bay buccaneers especially in that secondary where you know the ravens don't throw i mean they do throw it a ton but they don't accumulate a ton of passing yards you know they right. they have averaged out to what was it uh just not a lot of passing yards per game uh yeah. not even 200 per game so you know right. not necessarily their bread and butter but nonetheless but but, the but then again pj walker pj exactly. walker throws for three touchdowns last week and um and had like an over 90 pff grade which was yeah. uh, insane so anything can happen um you know i i'll, I'll just say that uh, Lamar should be aiming to get this contract done right after the game. $350 million <laughs> fully guaranteed. Yes. Uh, Brian Shaw, good stuff. Um, Brian, again, the Bucks secondary is already decimated. The NFL gods are having fun with the Bucks this season. Uh, that is true. Uh, Scott, Matt, any possible trades taking place before the deadline? You know, this is an interesting question, Matt. And then we have to get to Celsius. And, of course, the Bucks can use cases and cases yes. and cases of Celsius sent their way by tomorrow, but any possible trades before the deadline, I really think the outcome of this game is going to determine and and dictate how aggressive Jason light may or may not be prior to the deadline. And keep in mind, it takes two to tango, right? Jason, for all we know, could be working the phones, wanting to make trades, right? Other teams just maybe giving up more in terms of compensation, right? In other words, the bucks might not be uh, playing you know, in in um, uh, in some of these trades, uh, they they might be not having enough, you know, chips on the table essentially to win. So I, I think that if they somehow beat the Ravens tomorrow, and and you can tell by the sound of my voice, I I don't think that's going to be likely. Then then I think that maybe Jason does get a little aggressive because now all of a sudden you're four and four. Right, you're still on top of the division, and you you're still you still have a, a legitimate shot. Now, at three and five, it's not over by any means. There's still nine games left. You're yeah. still at that point where you're not even technically halfway there yet. Right, you're about halfway there with a 16 game schedule through eight games, but you have nine. Now you got the Rams, you got the Seahawks, then you've got the bye week. So it's not like this team is is literally dead and buried at three and five. But at three and five, if you're Jason Lighty, are you really going to go out there and spend precious future draft capital 
on a season that might not be going your way. And, and especially, too, if more players get injured, that's not going to bode well for the Rams game. You could be looking at three and six, right? So my point is, is I, I think the outcome of this game might determine how aggressive and how interested Jason Light in that front office and Todd Bowles are in acquiring more talent. What do you, what do you say, Matt? Yeah, absolutely. I, clearly, tomorrow night's game w- would affect one way or the other. And Todd Bowles was was asked about that today of will they you know, be pursuing a trade at the deadline, which, of course, is November 1st, which is next Tuesday. You know, and Bowles gave the, the political answer of, you know, we'll listen to anything. It, nothing's off the board. And then if it makes sense. It, yeah, yeah, if we'll it makes it. sense, we'll <laughs> do it. And then he was asked, are they actively looking for one? And he said, you know, that's a question for Jason, but we don't right. have the availability to Jason Light on a weekly basis, so we won't right. necessarily get that answer. But I think the question is, as he takes two to tango, one, it would be what positions are they looking for, and yeah. two, who's available there? And we've seen right. teams already start making trades. For example, the Jets, they lost Brees Hall. They traded with the Jaguars, got James Robinson, so they filled running back. The running yeah. back's not really a position the Bucks would be looking for. I think, obviously – you know, cornerback, given the injuries and safety, given the injuries there, I think like a quality backup safety would definitely be something in, in the mix. Um, yeah. Left guard, it, a lot depends on how Nick Leverett looks, but another right. offensive lineman would not be the worst idea. But again, going back to the, the secondary, let's also remember you just signed Carlton Davis. Jamel Dean's in a contract year. Sean Murphy bunting is in a contract yeah. year. So are you going to give up? What most likely would be draft capital, unless the team wants to trade for Keyshawn Vaughn. We have that yeah. story up on pewterreport.com. Are like, are you trading for a rental player right now right. just to get to nine and eight or yeah. ten and seven <laughs> yeah. to squeak your way into into the playoffs? And sure, wide receiver, I think, is another one. But again, you have Russell Gage there for three seasons. Julio, right. one year guy. The way it's looking, there's no reason why they should sign him for next season. But if Russell Gage only misses one game, how much of an impact is a fourth wide receiver going to make? We haven't seen Brashad Perriman or Scotty Miller really used at all. Maybe that's just because they don't believe in them or or when they've had opportunities, they haven't really done too much with it. So maybe a fourth wide receiver, disgruntled wide receiver on another team that maybe asked for a trade. Yeah, you could bring them in, but the dollars and cents have to makes sense as Bruce Arians used to say right. the price is right and the and the deal is real and I just don't know again understanding a lot matters about tomorrow night I just don't know whether they want to take a risk on a guy that's only going to be here for you right. know 10 games or whatever it is or if they can actually trade someone that's going to be more of a long-term fit you don't yeah. really see that too much this in the NFL in general I mean you look at last year when the Rams, when they started trading for Odell Beckham and Von Miller, right. those were guys on the last year of their deals. And mm-hmm. sure, they took the risk and it paid off. They won the Super Bowl. Yeah. But neither of those players are back this season. Von Miller's obviously with the Bills. Odell Beckham Jr., of course, is a free agent, but there's a lot of teams that want him. It's not yeah. just he's going to re-sign with the Rams. He still might, but right. there's a lot of teams that... that yeah. And Von Miller has kind of been courting him up there in Buffalo, right? Yeah. I mean, so there's that. I know Tom Brady and and uh, and OBJ are friends. Will OBJ will the Bucks win enough? To, but you know, yeah, exactly. Like right. even with the Rams too, who have struggled. If I'm Odell, I'm being like, I don't want to go to the Bucks right now. Right. Like they're scoring three points a game. I don't yeah. want to go to them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, what about Bradley Chubb from the Broncos? He might be available. Uh, you know, again, the the, the problem is long term, right? Because you have a first round draft pick invested in Joe Tryon Shoinka. Yeah. He's been slow to develop. He's been inconsistent. He's very young. Then you've got seventeen million dollars invested in Shaq Barrett per year. So bench him, right? So and and you've got you know Anthony Nelson, who is not a game breaker by any means, but he's a serviceable player. He's in a contract year. Bradley Chubb, does he come in as a starter and does he just replace JTS? And now all of a sudden, your first round pick is getting fewer minutes. That's not really bang for your buck. I'm not saying don't make the move. I'm just trying to look at it from a depth chart standpoint and say, where does Bradley Chubb fit? Is he better than JTS right now? Yeah, but but are you are you going to pull the plug on JTS or does JTS just need a couple more games to get to the point where he's becoming more of an every down threat and he starts getting a sack a game and, and really affecting things? He had a, a very good game against the, the Falcons. Hasn't really shown up consistently enough since then, but 
but we'll see. The one thing that shows up consistently every single time that I drink it, Matt, is is Celsius. I I've, oh yeah, I've been I've been switching up with grape, right? Nice, and and it's it's a great change up. It's not in my top five. It's probably number six, but sometimes you know I I love the Arctic vibe. I love the peach vibe. I love the tropical vibe. And, and and I love all three of those flavors. But sometimes I want to just reach for something a little different. The afternoons, I'll have the cola flavored. I'll have the, the cucumber lime, which is a great change up because it's not that fruity yes. type flavor. But I, the, but, but the I thing, Matt, is... It up. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, the, the thing is, is they've got so many flavors. Ashley, my wife, she loves the watermelon, right? Um, my daughter Jillian, she loves the the kiwi guava, right? There are so many awesome flavors from Celsius. I like the Fuji apple pear. Um, that that you can get your flavor on and your energy on, and that's the great thing about Celsius. It's a great tasting energy drink. It's the healthiest energy drink because it's got seven essential vitamins in it, and it's also the official energy drink of Pewter Report. So you can't go wrong by ordering Celsius, and if you're going to do that. Have it sent right to your house or your apartments oh, yeah. by using the subscribe and save option on Amazon. And as Matt always likes to say, if you're not sure what flavor you like, get the variety pack. They'll put a whole bunch of different flavors in there and send it right to you. You save money with the subscribe and save. It shows up right at your door. Or if you want to just go out and try it before having to get like a case of it, that's fine. Go to Celsius.com, click on the store locator and type in your address. And you'll find a health and fitness store, a convenience store, a grocery store, a convenience store, a bodega. Bodega. Say. <laughs> and then you can grab a couple cans and try them. And then once you find those flavors, though, we encourage you to order them on Amazon because they ship them right to your door. And you can set up that subscribe and save for every week, every other week, once a month, however often you want Celsius delivered right to your house. And when you do that, you buy them in bulk and you save money. Yes, you do, and you, it's funny you mentioned mixing it up because I mix it up a little bit with the with the cucumber lime. So yeah, uh, that's funny good. We're both it's a great it afternoon flavor. Time. This is the cola flavor. If you if you like cola drinks, I'm not going to name any names, but if you if you like cola drinks, th this this really is pretty spot on. They do a great job with this, and it's not the, the the typical fruity flavors, but it's a great afternoon change up later in the day for me. Yes, it is. Uh, one last thing I want to mention about mm -hmm. just the the trades in general is. The Bucks are in a situation right now where they it it's not just like they need their one piece away from yeah. like really getting this thing together. They have yes. multiple pieces where they have issues. So it's not just like one yeah. guy is going to come in and really change everything. And I think that's really important to point out, um, yeah. especially, you know, you mentioned like an edge rusher. You have two edge rushers right now. They right. are not living up to their expectations. That's on them. You know, got to coach you better. Got to play it better. Yeah, right? that's, that's that's what we keep hearing. Got to coach better. Got to play better. That's a fact. It's a damn good fact. Um, but uh, yeah, we're gonna get into the the Bucks Ravens uh, matchup in just a little bit. But let's let's kind of uh, go back to yesterday, Matt. We did have a chance to talk to a very unpopular guy right now in Tampa Bay. That's Byron Leftwich. Maybe it's because I called for him to be fired. John Romano from the Tampa Bay Times kind of said the same thing, although he didn't come out and say fire him, but I did. And so the big question that I have, Matt, and we kind of talked about this in the Peter Report group chat, is if if the Bucks lose to the Ravens, right? It, it kind of depends on what happens in the game that might determine Leftwich's fate. If the, say, for example, if the Buccaneers lose forty-one to thirty-eight. Okay. Yeah. Right? All of a sudden, they put up a, a crap ton of points, but they still lose. It might be hard to fire Byron Leftwich after this offense erupts for 38 points. Not that I see that coming. Not that I'm predicting that to happen. But let me ask you, Matt. Yeah. What is the magic number of points that the Buccaneers have to score? In other words, if the Buccaneers beat the Ravens 16-13, is that enough to to make a change, the Buccaneers getting 16 points, which is still below their season average of, I think it's dropped down now to around 17 points. If you take away the Mike Edwards touchdown right. from New Orleans in week two, I think it's around 17 points now. So is 16 points enough in a win? How many points would they need to score in a loss to keep Byron's job? Do you think Byron's going to get fired or there's a chance of it after the game with the mini bye week? What do you think, Matt? 
I think there's without question a chance that he could get fired if the offense essentially does what it just last week, the last two weeks. If we see the same repeat mistakes or just boneheaded decisions of third and one, you don't convert fourth and one. I know they convert in Pittsburgh, but they did not convert last week. Um, for me, it's it's two things. It's one, there should be that magic number, and two, there's got to be a checklist, and they have to. He has to check every single list. One of those, of course, is the short yards, which I just talked yeah. about. Two, it's the red zone, without question. Three, no pun intended, is third down. Four right. fourteen two weeks ago, two of twelve last week. Absolutely cannot happen. For me, if I'm picking a number, I would say 24, 25 points. If he gets to that number, I think it might save him because the Bucs have not been able to score multiple point, multiple touchdowns in a game yeah. very often. They have not been right. able to do that. So if they're scoring multiple touchdowns, odds are that they're scoring in the red zone, which has really been yeah. an issue for them. They got to stop with all these to yeah. stop right there on that point, right? It, we, we have to go back and look at that Falcons win, the win over the Falcons, 21-15. Todd Bowles probably trying to do the offense a solid, right, by saying, oh, 21 points. It wasn't three touchdowns, though, was it, Matt? No. It was, <laughs> it was two touchdowns, a two-point two, conversion, yeah, and they made a two-point conversion. I have to give them credit for that. And some field goals by Ryan Suckup. So we can't even give them credit for scoring three touchdowns against the Falcons. They only scored two um, what the only game they've scored more than two touchdowns in this season has been the Chiefs game, right? Yeah, and again, yeah. that was desperation mode. You were right. down 21 to three. You had no other choice to just make it a respectful loss, which is yeah. a crazy phrase to say, but that's what they need to do. Another thing on my checklist, score a touchdown in the first quarter. How about that? Not that would be nice. Touchdown. Might help. In the first quarter, once this season, and you know, Byron Leftwich has had a lot of tendencies that teams pick up on, whether it was the pitch to Leonard Fournette, which obviously the Panthers had scouted, whether it mm -hmm. was just loading up the box, three tight ends instead of spreading that wide, which you asked Byron Leftwich about on uh on Tuesday. The whole week is yeah. uh moving along differently. Yeah. But and Byron just he he just flat out lied, Scott. Yeah, he flat out lied. When you let, let's go to the video, yeah, let's, let's go to the right video. Now. Let's do it because yeah. you asked him. Because everyone here knows, because we have awesome and intelligent football fans here, uh, the pewter people. We have the best, um, you guys yes. are the best. We, yeah, we love our fans, and so you guys know that they've struggled in short yardage. It's really it's no secret at all whatsoever. So, you had asked Byron Leftwich the other day, um, with all these short yardage, you have a lot of three tight end sense, uh, sets. Have you considered, you know. Spreading it out wide, three wide receivers, four wide receivers. So Leonard and Rashad White are running into these lighter boxes where there's not yeah. nine or ten guys right up at the line. Yeah, of and you're, you're not in goal line defense. You're not in base defense. Yeah. You're at least in nickel, maybe in dime. Oh, and by the way, here, here's the one caveat, and we'll get to this to the clip. Here's the one caveat, Matt. What if Tom Brady checks at the line of scrimmage and they're in 13, 13 jumbo personnel? right? Which means you have five eligible players that can go out for passes. Last year, those five were Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Rob Gronkowski, Antonio Brown, and Leonard Fournette. Those were the five. A pretty good five right there. Pretty good. Yeah. But when you're in jumbo 13 personnel, 13 means one running back, three tight ends. Okay. Those three tight ends on Sunday were Kyle Rudolph, Co-Keefe, Kate Otten. Okay, the running back was Leonard Fournette. Who was the fifth guy in Jumbo? That's Fred Johnson. That's another offensive lineman. Sometimes it's Brandon Walton. Okay, so out of those guys, if Tom Brady looks and says, "Holy crap, this defensive alignment is going to block everything and stuff everything, and we don't have much of a chance to even get a yard," what can he do in that situation? Can he audible to a pass? Who's he going to throw to in that situation? Maybe Kate Otten, right? Certainly not Fred yeah. Johnson, certainly not Coquif, certainly not Kyle Rudolph. So, so you're giving Brady one option. Whereas if you spread the team, the, the defense out, and you go to four wide, even if those wide are Mike Evans, Chris Goblin, Russell Gage, Kate Otten, right? And you've got maybe Rashad White, as Josh uh, Capo was calling for today in a great column for Peter Report. 
if you're three and one, you can either run into that light box where you pretty much have got a one-on-one matchup across the board with your offensive lineman, and you're not in, 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 in zero splits. You actually have spacing, so you can have a hole right from the get-go. Or if they're showing, like maybe bringing a nickel blitz mat or walking the safety down, anticipating you know, a run out of that, that four-wide receiver set, at least Brady could check to a play – a pass play to get one friggin' yard that has Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Kate Otten, or Russell Gage as the wide receivers, as the options to throw to in the passing game. Makes no sense. So I asked Byron Leftwich about that, and this is what he had to say. And Scott's question, a lot of it is in there, so there is context to the question. A couple tight ends in there, and, and that has not been as productive for you. What is the, the thinking in terms of maybe spreading out, using three, four wide receiver sets, running into lighter boxes? Well, we've done it all, really. We've done it all, and we just got to be better because it don't mean if who's out there from a personnel standpoint. If you don't execute it or play with awareness in those situations, you're not going to convert. You're just not. It's, it, it don't have nothing to do with personnel and certain plays here and there. We're not in sync right now, so we got to find a way to get in sync. I love the way we're practicing, though, to get the job done. I believe in us. I believe we'll get it done. Okay, thank you. That it's a lie. Most, that's it's a lie. It's bullshit. BS. Nothing burger of an answer. It just is. That's that's like repulsive. Come on, man. Seriously. It's like I'm not saying I'm an offensive coordinator by any stretch of the imagination. Okay. But I, I've watched enough football in my 27 years on the job here. You know, I played a couple years of high school as a below average high school football player. I coached friggin' Pop Warner for six years. I know enough to where I'm dangerous. I know enough about formations and spacing and personnel groupings and the defenses you have to have match personnel, right? And I, I haven't seen you try to run on third and short out of a three and four wide receiver set. I haven't seen that yet. Maybe I was asleep for those plays. Yeah. I don't know, <laughs> but I, I haven't seen that. He says, we've done it all. I haven't seen that. No, you haven't. It's been the same thing over and over. That's why teams know it's coming, and that's why you consistently get stopped. Whether it was in New Orleans week two against Pittsburgh two weeks ago or against Carolina last Sunday, teams have seen this. They've keyed on it. That's why you, you're making other silly decisions like pulling the guard on the play side run and it gets stuffed for, you know, two, three yards for a loss in those situations. And Scott, you've said it yourself. Third and short is a running situation, but it's good to have options. And it doesn't mean <laughs> yes. run it when there's 10 guys in the box. It's real. It's good. It's good to have options. Shout out uh, Gabdor watching from Australia. We That's really awesome. appreciate, appreciate that. that. I want to get to this next video from By Byron Leftwich because he finally was a little bit honest here where uh you asked him another question about the the third i think it was you the third and shorts where it's like what's happening like is the is the offensive line just getting beaten physically <laughs> daniel king here byron have you can change a person pack as byron left you, you see, see the, the track, track is an oval. oval so we're gonna go so down the straight <laughs> part until the curvy part and turn left <laughs> Great. That's great stuff. You guys are the absolute best. Yeah. We're going to start giving you guys super chats. We're just going to start paying yeah. you guys money for your awesome comments and questions. We might have that. to do like a comment a comment of the day or of the show or something, something like yeah. that. Uh, yeah, we'll work on that. But Byron was at least a little bit honest here where he was like, yeah, you know what? We're just meet up front. So here's Byron's quote unquote honest answer. Right. Are they getting physically beaten? Is it a technique thing? Is the guy across from them better? What's happening? And I know each situation is different. Each play is different, but. I but think it's, well, I'll, I'll speak on the ones last week, right? The ones last week, regardless of what the call is, they did a better job than us on those plays collectively. It wasn't one guy, it wasn't one situation. They did a better job of us and we didn't execute. We didn't play with enough awareness on those two downs to get that job done on those downs. So the ones that's happened in the past have happened, but last week, we didn't play with enough awareness collectively, all 11 of us didn't play with enough awareness or understanding of that moment to get that done. So that was big for us coming in here yesterday that we got to understand those moments and find ways to convert like we've done in the past. The connection. We didn't play with enough, uh, with enough awareness. You didn't Come coach on. with enough awareness. Come on. Come on. Listen, 
I, I'm just going to, this is some insight that you're probably not going to get anywhere but from Pewter Report. That's why you watch the Pewter Report podcast. That's why we love you guys. I'm not sure. I mean, this this is some intel here, Matt. This is like, you know, some insider scoop here. There's down and distance markers on the side of, of, of the field. And then on the Jumbotron, they actually show the down and distance. Okay. So I, I know fans don't know that, but that 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 happens right so so um i think what's happening is the buccaneer players are not looking at the jumbotron and seeing what down a distance it is nor are they looking at the sidelines and seeing the down marker with like the number three on it with like the one one yard to go yeah and honestly i don't think tom brady is 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 in the huddle saying guys it's it's third and one because according to byron Leftwich, you know they, they just they just gotta have a better awareness of 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 what down the distance it is, right? I mean, isn't that what he's saying? We have to have a better understanding of, of what we're trying to do. Well, I mean, call me crazy, but you're trying to get one friggin' yard, right? Right? I mean, one or more yards. That That's the objective. The understanding on third and one is we're going to run a play that we feel needs to, should, could pick up a yard or more because what happens after third and one is either fourth and one or first down. I mean, there's a couple other variables that could be like fourth and two, fourth and three, whatever. Yeah. We've seen that. But I'm just saying it's like, what a nothing burger of an answer that, that is. He was being honest. He's right because they don't have the awareness, apparently. <laughs> but I'm just saying, maybe that's the, we got to coach it better. We got to play it better. I don't know. It just Here, Here's another crazy thought, too. It's a third and one. You have to get that one yard. Yeah. You could also get more than one. Too. Like you, you don't have to just dive at the line of scrimmage and get that extra yard. That's you can get true. Five. You, can you can even get like an explosive twenty-yard play now. You're allowed to. It, yes. That. That's, yeah. That is a fact. Yeah. That, I, I checked the rule book on that. Yeah. You're right. I was about to say. I was yeah. about to say that is uh, within the rule book. Yep. Uh, Mark here. Notice that we aren't mentioning Brady Magic anymore. What's What's it say that he's not improving the play of others? I think. Great point. There's a little bit of that for sure. I, I think we talked about that Brady. Because one of the reasons why he's the goat is that he elevates others around him, whether it's motivationally or you know his receivers, he makes them better. And and you know Tom Tom Brady has worked with way worse wide receivers than what Tampa Bay has right now, and has had double digit winners year in and year out. So yeah, I think some of this is on Brady. I I think the fact that you know he gets hit a lot, that he's getting rid of the ball so quickly, or. Even like, you know, that third and goal when they were inside the eight, Brady didn't even try to throw it. You yeah. know, he just threw it into the dirt because he either didn't want to turn it over or, you know, he just didn't see a play there and just got yeah. rid of it. I think there's definitely a little something to that. Yeah, I also think, too, I mean, I, I'm sorry, I apologize. Um, Brian's right. We we forgot. I mean, we're, we're thinking about the most recent press conference, but we have to go back to a couple other press conferences where, where Byron's laid all this out before. We need to be multiple we're making progress in ways yeah. that you guys don't see it's the invisible progress and you wouldn't understand it either you, you just wouldn't, wouldn't understand, understand. yeah yeah we yeah. need to be multiple no good stuff brian appreciate that yeah. hey and, and of course no no logic too i mean there's that. no logic but one thing is very logical and that there are multiple options for you of course is pirate republic beer if you want to yes. have some of that the official beer of pewterreport.com they are based out of the nassau bahamas and they are now invading Florida just in time for football season. Mm -hmm. When you think football, you think tailgating, tailgating. Maybe you're having a cold one when you're doing that tailgating. And beer brings people together to celebrate life. That means celebrating life in the spirit of the original Pirate Code. That's a sense of belonging. The Pirate Republic community is a community of people living life on their terms. The Long John Pilsner, my personal <laughs> favorite, is perfect for tailgating or having fun at the beach or tailgate. In the Florida sun. You also have the Take No Quarter IPA, which is which the I'm best IPA, right now, which Scott is drinking right now. It's the best IPA that you'll drink. You can also drop an orange slice in the golden haze of piracy Belgium with beer and enjoy that pirate life. Pirate Public Beer is available at participating retailers like Total Wine and More, Lucan's Liquors, Party Liquors, and ABC Liquor Stores. That's where I get my Pirate Republic in the greater Tampa Bay area and is expanding across the state of Florida. Live life on your terms and drink like a pirate with Pirate Republic beer. Yeah. I, Matt, I, I don't like IPAs. I think I've told you that. I'm absolutely addicted to this. 
And it's, it's not just because of the taste, because it's it's a little bit less hoppy than your traditional IPA. It does have the hops if you're an IPA guy. It, it has that, but it's so balanced and it's 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 make I would say it's making me change my mind about IPAs, but it's really not. It's the only IPA I like, but I do drink this. It's fantastic. And it's seven two seven point two 7.2%, which I need when I'm covering the Buccaneers. I, I'm well past the 4.6%. Yeah, I, I'm just going straight for the seven to 7.2%. I'm not saying we're back to the to the yucks or the yuckineers. We're not quite there yet, but the direction we're heading, it's Pirate Republic take no quarter for me. <laughs> uh, let's get to a super chat here from Giovanni. Thank you for the five dollar super chat, Giovanni. You're always here in the chats and giving us yes, a super chat, so we appreciate that. it. He says winning cures everything, so the short turnaround came at a perfect time. It's not a must win, but a win here can be the turning point of the season. Now, is it a must win or can't lose? Because I think it's a can't <laughs> right. lose. I disagree with Giovanni with that. It's not a must win. I do think it's a must win. You could yeah. say it's a can't lose. But I do agree that winning does cure uh, a, a lot of things. Uh, we've seen yes. that. Uh, we've yeah. seen that in, in the past. And, and I, so, I do so does beer. Agree. Beer also yeah, cures beer. a lot. Beer. Yes. I do also agree that... Um, you know, there's two ways to look at this Thursday night game in general. A lot of players don't like playing in it for the obvious reasons of you just played on Sunday. You have less week, less week of a week of preparation. Yeah, you're obviously still trying to heal and recover. But on the flip side, when you played as badly as the Bucks did, right? I mean, you want to go out there and and wipe the slate clean, get that off your back as soon right. as you possibly can. So normally, I would say no, it's not good for the Bucks to play on Thursday. But if there was any week they were going to be playing on Thursday night football, I think yeah. this is the best one. You could argue, all right, well, they have less time to co you know correct some of their mistakes, but you know their maybe not their season is on the line, but a lot is at stake here for a team that is clearly floundering yeah. at the moment. So I say get back to, out there as soon as you possibly yeah. can, and yeah, I know erase. And, 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 and I, I think the thing too, Matt, is is if this game were on Sunday, I don't know that any of the players that are on this injury list as out for the Buccaneers would still be even able to play. You know what I'm saying? Maybe Carlton Davis, right? Maybe, but he's not 100% on Sunday. So, I, I, yeah, in this instance, with the way this team is with their injuries, yeah, go ahead and play because I don't think a couple of days would make much of a difference. Dustin, we appreciate this. Uh, we we do try to keep it honest, right? I mean, we understand you're Bucks fans. You're frustrated. Thank you, Dustin. We have to watch this crap and talk about it. And so we're going to call it when it's crap. We're going to call it it's great when it's great. That's just how we see it. It's each week is a snapshot. I've had plenty of players come up to me and, you know, say they didn't like this or that about what I've said about them before in the past. And what I always tell the players is all we're doing is taking a picture. We're taking a picture of you every week of what you're putting out there. And if you don't like the picture and you want to retake, that's what next Sunday is for. And it'll be a much better picture if you play better. And that's all we're doing. We're commenting on your play. Nothing personal. Just like, you know, we, we've said bench Luke Gedeke. Nothing personal, right? I mean, I would have yeah. said bench Rondé Barber back in 1997 when he was awful because he was. Didn't mean that he wasn't going to be a, a, a great player and, and all of that. But Luke Gedeke might end up being a hell of a starter. Hope he is for his sake and the Buccaneers. But it's not happening right now. And it, and it needs to change. And thankfully, Nick Leverett is there. And I think I think Nick, with his attitude, is, is going to play really well. Without question. Uh, shout out Brian here for the $5 Super Chat. Brian Schutcher. Sorry, I don't know how to pronounce your last name. But he says, Scott, you might be as fired up as I can recall in the last 15, year, 15 or so years I've been around PR. Keep letting her rip. So it's very happy. It's just a beer you. talking, really. But no, <laughs> it's not. I mean, I... I this team can be playing better and should be playing better, right? And 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 when they're not, um, I want to see good football. Um, I, I have to be objective about this team. I can't get too high with with the wins and too low with the losses. I, I've got to. If if I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt, I'm going to give it to the Buccaneers. I always say my analysis is not 50-50. It's 51-49. I'm going to err on the side of the Buccaneers because our audience or you guys, Buccaneer fans, right? So I want the team to do well. A, for you guys, because you're more emotionally invested in this team sometimes yeah. <laughs> than the team itself, at least lately. So I'm going to give you guys credit for that. You're the one out there buying the Bucks gear. You're the one taking the time to read our stories, to, you know, uh, tell the wife, you know, go out and go shopping. I'm going to watch the Bucks for 
for three hours on Sunday or Thursday night in this case. Or, hey, babe, come sit down and watch the game with me, right? Drink some Pirate Republic beer. Hey, kids, come here. Let me teach you about football. It's it's a it's a fun sport. This is this has been a fun team to watch lately. And and so I I, I go 51 49 because I, I want the team to do well. I know Jason Light and Todd Bowles and these coaches and the personnel guys and Mike Greenberg and these players, and they put in the time and the work, and I want them to do well. But I'm not out there playing, I'm not out there coaching, I'm not out there signing and trading and drafting players. So my job is as a reporter, just like yours, Matt, just like JC and Josh and 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 Bailey and you know Paul and Casey. We're just reporting what we see. And when it's good, we'll let you know. And when it's not, we need to come up with some answers, some, some solutions, and ask some pointed questions about why it's not going right and what can be done to fix it. We didn't force Byron Leftwich to say what he said, but he went he right. went and, and said it. So there you yep. go. Uh, Daniel, I thought, had a funny comment. He said, think of going as a ghost for Halloween. Anyone yes. got a Shaq Barrett or a Julio Jones jersey? Yeah, yeah. So. you could even say Bia Bea too, uh, as well. Uh, again, nothing personal. It's just like like Bruce Arians said the best line. It's not personal. I'm, I'm calling you out on your football, not on you as a person. So uh, yeah. speaking of calling out, um, I, I didn't call out Tom Brady, but I asked him a very direct pointed question in the press conference. I wanted to know, hey, Tom, I even started off, hey, Tom, you're you've only thrown one interception. You're doing a great job of protecting the ball, right? Not that I'm trying to kiss Tom's ass, but it's like I'm pointing out, hey, not not coming here to attack you. You're doing a really good thing. At the same time, Tom, you've only thrown eight touchdowns in six games. Now seven, I guess. And you threw 43 the year before that and 40 before that. Do you need to kind of push the ball a little bit? Do you need to give your guys a chance to make some plays in the ball, meaning just throw it up and let Mike try to catch it, right? Force the action a little bit down the field instead of being so conservative. This is what Tom had to say. Shots, are you being a little too cautious in terms of not wanting to turn the ball over? Do you have to maybe push the ball a little bit more, give guys a little bit more opportunities to make plays in the ball? Or are you comfortable with how things have gone? You know, we haven't scored a lot of points, so... You know, I think we scored like 19 points or something like that a game. So uh, it's not good enough by, you know, what we're trying to accomplish. So however you get it in, run it, throw it. Um, the objective is to score more points than the other team. So uh, we just haven't done a great job of it, you know, thus far. Bravo, Tom. Way to not answer that question. <laughs> he didn't and, address it whatsoever. And he right copied and pasted his answer from the previous question and applied it to mine. Which yeah, no I, I, I believe that was uh, JP Peterson's question about how yeah. would you critique your plays, talking right. specifically about <laughs> you. And he was like, you know, we're just not scoring enough, yeah. and uh, we want to score more than than three points. We want to score more than we did the week before, and it's a team effort, and yada yada yada, yeah, and, and all that stuff, but. If Tom Brady actually did want to push the ball down the field a little bit more, it would be quite interesting, Scott, because his yeah. total passing yards for uh, Thursday night's game, tomorrow mm -hmm. night's game, is 280. And I'm curious whether it could go over or whether it could go under. Mm -hmm. But when I do bet on that, it's going to be on my bookie. That's right. .ag, ladies and hey. gentlemen, make sure you go check them out. Your favorite athletes, maybe that's Tom Brady, always strives to put themselves in a winning position. And it's about time that you, yeah, I'm talking to you, did too with MyBookie. MyBookie has the biggest online selection of odds and contests to fill all your sports betting needs. That's anytime and anywhere. Bet on the NFL, the World Series in baseball, or play for a share of big cash prizes in the weekly blackjack tournaments. If you've been waiting for the right time to get in on the action, that time is now. Make your winning move today. Sign up at MyBookie, use the promo code Pewter, and claim your deposit match of any amount up to $1,000. Again, that's promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R, to claim your bonus. Even if you learn from Plant City Math, you know that's a pretty <laughs> damn good deal. And you know <laughs> what? You know what, Matt? MyBookie also has what they call the My bookie money bag you can bet on nfl nba or aim for a low high risk reward jackpot with the all new my bookie money bag money bag 
is a one-of-a-kind opportunity to spin for crazy odds on props and futures. Place your bet, spin the wheel when you go to mybookie.ag and get ready to score some epic odds on the best teams, athletes, and events. Sign up today, just like Matt said. Use the promo code Pewter and claim that deposit match of any amount up to $1,000. Again, that's promo code Pewter to claim your bonus. And if you deposit between now and Halloween, you're going to grab 31 free spins in the MyBookie Casino. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Yeah, so right I was yeah. going to say, right now, the line is is uh, Ravens uh, minus one and a half. And um, I, I have put down the biggest bet I've ever put down on my bookie. I usually bet $5 a shot, right? I, I call it five large. I put five yeah. large in this game. And I, I got four kids. I, I got a wife. You know, it, it's, I, I, I can't spend too much money on betting. I put down 50 large on the Ravens this week. Wow. 50. Oh, so, man. So one of two things is going to happen. The Bucks are going to win, and I'm going to be happy that the Buccaneers have stopped this losing, right? And that's mm-hmm. going to please every every one of our readers, which is going to make me happy. Or I'm going to win money on the Ravens. So I really can't lose either way with this bet. Yeah, hoping I'm wrong. Hoping I just wasted 50 bucks. But if if what happens, if what I think is going to happen happens, Matt, at least, you know, I make some money off the Buccaneers. So Yeah, you're betting on happiness, which is you know which isn't a bad thing and we only we only have one video of tom brady because that was more or less his entire press conference but <laughs> what, I, what i will say about his press conference in general is listen i understand he's got a lot going on i'm not saying he's not motivated that's not what i'm saying but right. he just looks miserable at the podium and sure like losing two games in a row to teams that have one win yeah. probably could make you miserable but i don't know something just seems Maybe it's the injury kind of like really uh, playing more of a, an effect than a lot of us imagined and it being a factor. But I don't know. He just doesn't look like he's in a good you mood know what? these days. I, I, thought the, I thought the best answer he actually had was to J.P. Peterson's question. When J.P. was trying to throw Tom a lifeline and said, you know, Tom, maybe down the road you get Ryan Jensen back. Maybe Julio Jones comes back, right? He's, he's kind of trying to inject a little sunshine and positivity yeah. in there. Maybe maybe a little ray of hope to see if Brady would bite. Maybe maybe Brady says, yeah, you know what? There's like 10 weeks to play after this, and I guess nine really after this game. But, yeah, we have nine weeks, at half the season left, a lot of football to be played. Yeah, you know, get a couple of guys back from injury. You know, we should be better. He didn't say that. He didn't, he didn't like cling to the hope. He was like full on reality. Yeah. He said there's a difference between hope and reality. And the reality is that we're just not good right now or whatever he said. I'm paraphrasing, but (laughs) yeah, he he was, he was pretty much like living in it, swimming in it. Right. And just saying like, we are, we are are. probably not going to get much better. You know, that's. Yeah. telling. I I thought that was, it was telling. He was wallowing in his self pity for sure, which yeah. was uh, which was quite the yep. issue. So All right, let, let's let's talk a little little Bucks Ravens here. JPP yeah. and that defense is coming to embarrass us. Uh, embarrass us. They, they will be juiced up. Yes. So if if Kenny Pickett's going to look good against this defense, if PJ Walker's going to look look good against this defense, I'm guessing Lamar Jackson is going to look good against this defense. Yeah, oh yeah. Not just throwing the ball, which he's actually done a little bit better this year. But also just being Lamar, just tucking and running, right? And mm-hmm. so when when you play man coverage against Lamar Jackson, you're helping your secondary out because uh, if, you, if you have a healthy secondary, they can cover. I'm anticipating a bunch of zone tomorrow night for a couple of reasons. Number one, I don't know they have the horses to match up uh, you know, man-to-man with, with a guy like Rashad Bateman, with, with a tight end like Mark, Mark Andrews, Andrews, who's one of the best in the league. And, and then, you know, I think it's kind of like their X factor is, is Devin Duvernay. I watched him for years at Texas. This guy's an outstanding kick returner. He's got some wheels. He can make things happen on jailbreak screens. He can take you down the field, right, uh, on, on go routes. So, and Lamar has got the arm to push the ball down the field. So I'm thinking they're going to be playing a lot of zone. And when you play a lot of zone, against Lamar, at least you have eyes on the quarterback. What Lamar loves to do is if if his primary read isn't there and if he has time to go to a second read, which he might unless Shaq Barrett 
decides to show up and beat Avea and Joe Tryon Shoinka and Devin White and, and these pressure packages, unless they mm-hmm. can corral and get to Lamar Jackson, Matt, if you play man coverage and mm-hmm. the Ravens do some vertical and intermediate routes, you are just, your back is turned to Lamar. He gets one open rush lane where the, the integrity isn't quite there. He hits that crease and it's, it's not just first down with his speed. It could be touchdown. And so I, I think that you have to play zone, drop, play a little soft, make Lamar Jackson beat you as an accurate underneath thrower, take away some of those intermediate and deep shots. But more importantly, make sure that your eyes as a defender, you're backpedaling and you're you're watching Lamar and that receiver and that play develop rather than turning and running and playing man coverage and have your back to Lamar. That's where those big plays happen for Jackson in the run game. Yeah, they might have to play zone out of necessity. But what scares me, Scott, is, you know, if they if they do have to play that zone, and I agree with you, like if you're going to play man to man, especially with Zion McCollum in a second career start and, you know, defensive coordinator Larry Foote didn't really sugarcoat it. Yeah, he had he had a lot of rookie moments and I'm challenging him to play better. But, right. you know, if you're playing that zone, that opens up some of the soft spots for someone like Mark Andrews and normally he's scary as it is. Yeah. But last game against the the Cleveland Browns, Mark Andrews had two targets and no catches. Yeah, the week, the so, two weeks before that. So do what the Browns did. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Play the Browns <laughs> well, defense. <laughs> well, I'm almost compared. So two weeks ago against the Bengals, as you see on the screen there, he had eight receptions for 89 yards, and then yeah. against the Giants two weeks ago, seven receptions for 106 yards. In both of those games, he had a touchdown. I'm kind of looking at this at the same way where after the Bucks lost to the Steelers, everyone was like, "Why aren't you getting Mike Evans the ball?" You have to throw him the ball more. Yes. I'm pretty sure Baltimore is going to be like, hey, we got to get Mark Andrews more involved. That's how we're I going agree. to win. Now, they Fantastic did beat Cleveland. Point, Matt. I know they beat Cleveland last week, but it was 23 to 20. It was like a you know pretty close game. And people are saying that the Browns got screwed on a phantom full start penalty. So Andrews going up against the zone, you know, he finds the little pocket there. We've obviously been on the case with Devin White for two seasons now about what's going on. So that scares me more than more than it normally would. On top of the fact that again, if you go back to Carolina last week, and we knew everyone knew that all they had was DJ Moore as yep. their only weapon on offense, and they still got him the ball, and he still scored a touchdown in that game. So that's what yep. terrifies me about the Bucks defense. Yep, I agree. And this is coming, Josh. I just, you know, I, I got to see more quarterback play in college before I can I can do this. The Bucs would love to get Lamar Jackson next year. The problem is he's going to get franchised, right? So, yeah. and as much as you want to say, oh, okay, well, then go ahead and pay the Ravens those two first-round picks. And, and I agree. Listen, I, I I would be all in on Lamar Jackson, and I, he's definitely worth signing to an offer sheet with, with two first-rounders, especially if it's going to be middle of the pack. Yeah, that's fine. The compensation is a no-brainer. Like, go get one of the best quarterbacks out there. The problem is the Ravens have – the right to match and it's gonna have to be a guaranteed contract the size of deshaun watson's if not more fully guaranteed that's the deal that's what it's gonna look like yeah and 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 the, the ravens will match that because they don't you know they're not gonna give up uh lamar jackson he is their franchise so i you yeah I, I don't see him coming here but outside of lamar and free agency i i don't know that there's any answers for the buccaneers i mean they can re-sign blaine gabbert and, and they have Kyle Trask. Neither one of those guys are going to be anywhere close to Tom Brady. And right now they're three and four with Tom Brady. I'm not trying to be doom and gloom. I'm just being a realist. And we'll see how the college landscape shakes out. And we'll see also, too, where the Buccaneers end up picking. Are they picking in the top 15? Are they picking in the back yeah. 17? Right? That makes a difference as well. Yes, it does. And the Ravens would be absolutely crazy to let Lamar Jackson go because what's their yeah. option to start all over again? So whether Lamar Jackson re-signs with the Ravens, if he signs with someone else, he's going to get a fat contract, very lucrative. Um, so yeah. he's going to have to manage his money. And mm-hmm. if you're going to do that, Lamar Jackson, I would suggest, should uh, be working with Immuni Financial. At Amuni Financial, we help you live in the now. Congratulations. We're so happy Thank for you. you. Thank you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's retirement treating you? 
Oh, just fantastic. I know I say it all the time, but you really got to come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so you can still prepare for tomorrow, today. Amuni Financial. Plan ahead. Stay ahead. Folks, just like I drink Pirate Republic beer and I eat at walk-ons and I am a customer of Age Rejuvenation, I have my financial assets and savings with Immunity Financial for that reason. I believe in them and what they're doing. They've got the experience necessary to help navigate these kind of murky financial waters we're in right now. Wouldn't you want to be with some experienced pros to help you navigate this stormy economic time? Yes, you would. Do what I did. Go to Muni Financial. Managing your family's wealth means more to Muni Financial than simply allocating your assets. It means legacy planning, brokerage and advisory services, retirement accounts, college savings accounts, and insurance services. With 40 years of experience, let Muni Financial help you plan ahead and stay ahead. They're based in St. Petersburg. They can help you across the state of Florida as well as across the nation. Call Muni Financial for a free, no risk, no obligation appointment. 1-800-868-6864 or visit muni.com. Please do so. Uh, I think we should talk a little bit about the run game for the Ravens versus the Bucks defense too, Scott, because, yep. you know, the Ravens are fifth in the league in running the football at 156.3 yep. rushing yards per game. Now, obviously they do it Differently because Lamar Jackson can scramble very well. Uh, Gus right. Edwards is their top running back now with um, J.K. Dobbins going yeah. back on the IR. So, uh, Matt, I, I think a little the, the bit good news. like Atlanta, but just a better version of Atlanta. No, that, that's exactly right. That's astute analysis. They're they're like the Falcons, but better, right? I mean, Marcus, Marcus yeah. Mariota is good. Lamar Jackson is elite when it comes to running and also throwing on the run as well because he likes to look downfield to use that strong arm and and you got to plaster these receivers right you can't get caught up in zone to where you're you're anticipating the run but all of a sudden Lamar Jackson's rolling to his right not crossing that line of scrimmage waiting 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 getting by the sidelines and then chucking it 40 yards downfield to a guy like Bateman or or DuVernay that's just how how they've done it this this year uh, the good news i think for the buccaneers is they're not going to face uh, Dante Foreman or Chuba Hubbard this week, yeah. Matt. So that was last week. So maybe they've got a chance. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know what to think of this Buccaneer defense anymore. I don't know. It's it's It used to be kind of the strength of the team. It, it kind of is in the first half, but not the second half. I don't know. I don't know which Buccaneer defense is going to show up. I don't, well, I know the banged up version of the Buccaneer defense is going yeah. to show up because they're missing four of their five guys in the secondary. Uh, one guy that I would suspect to play really, really well for the Ravens is this guy right here, Jason yep. Pierre-Paul, right? He's coming back to Tampa. He's going to have something to prove. Last week, uh, two weeks ago against the, the Joe Burrow-led Bengals, that's him sacking Joe Burrow. He got a sack. He's going to be coming out for blood. And yes, Donovan is. Smith is playing okay, not good football, but okay football. He's going to have his hands full because JPP is coming and he is going to want to make a statement uh, in the place where he not only played for USF, but also won a Super Bowl with the Buccaneers. So JPP is coming tomorrow night. Yes, he is. And he's ultimately, I uh, maybe don't want to call it a revenge game because. He shared a lot of good times with the Bucs, but, you know, a motivating game yes. without question. And, of course, you got Justin Houston on the other side, who is another, like, veteran Ed Rusher that we talked yeah. about. We talked about Larry Ogunjobi last week mm -hmm. in a couple of our Bucks battle plans. That's the yeah. same case with Justin Houston. We wanted Tampa Bay to get Justin Houston. Unfortunately for Bucks fans, he went back to the Ravens. So uh, another thing for the Ravens. Now, this is interesting because the Bucs have not been turning the ball over on offense, as we point right. out. Tom Brady only one interception, which makes it that much more upsetting that they just can't score points because it's not like yes. they're turning the ball over. Uh, the Ravens are a very op opportunistic team because they have 14 turnovers on the season. That's second best in the NFL. So right. they try to take advantage of those situations. And I don't know how much longer if the Bucs, who have not played with the lead very much, especially lately, at some point or later, Brady is going to have to push the ball down the field, whether he wants to answer it or not. And, you know, if they go down 10 nothing or whatever it may be, JPP's coming after him. 
if the Ravens get one or two turnovers, that it could be curtains for the Bucs. And I know they haven't yeah. been turning the ball over, but they've been this bad playing safe football or whatever you want right. to call it. If they actually start turning it over against a team that does get the ball a lot, it could get – I mean, 21-3 to was ugly last week. I don't know how ugly this one can get. Yeah. On the national stage, it hurts too. Yeah, it does. And uh, um, you have to look too at, at the Buccaneers' defense. They're missing a lot of playmakers, right? Uh, Logan Hall, they, he's really been a huge piece of, of the puzzle, and he was key in forcing and recovering some fumbles for Tampa Log- Bay early yeah. on. Logan Ryan, yeah. I'm sorry, Logan Ryan, yes. Um, the, the better of the two Logans. And yes. they miss him. And, and I. I would be remiss if it's been, what, three games now since Tampa Bay has yet to create a takeaway on defense. That is hurting big time. Boy, when your offense is struggling, you got to help them out. Got to take the ball away, create some some short fields, help your offense out. They're not playing complimentary football. Uh, one way you can help Peter Report out, aside from watching our Peter Report podcast, which we greatly appreciate, we do the show for you guys. We love you guys. You are the Peter people that we love the most. And we try to put on uh, some great shows for you. Matt, I feel like I feel like we have a couple minutes left, but already it feels like this is the best Peter Report podcast episode we've ever done. So if you're watching this, congratulations. You're a part of history. We're going to be back tomorrow to do this all over again uh, with, with an extended preview. So if you like yeah. what you heard, we have, we've saved some of our best stuff for tomorrow. And we want you to, to visit Peter Report TV. It's our YouTube channel. And subscribe. We're on our way to 10,000 subscribers. Thanks to you guys. And Hit the like button on our videos. That helps our algorithm. Greatly appreciate that. Uh, make sure that you join us tomorrow at the Pewter Report Celsius Pewter Report Tailgate Show presented by Age Rejuvenation. That's going to be live at the Wesley Chapel Walk-Ons. Myself and Bailey Adams will be there two hours prior to kickoff. Great game day specials if you're looking for beer. Uh, they've got Miller Lite specials. They've got Blue Moon specials. They also have at the Wesley Chapel location the Pirate Republic IPA and Long John Pilsner cans that you can buy. So make sure that you ask for Pirate Republic there at that location. We'll be at Wesley Chapel tomorrow. And if you want to know where that is, I'm going to tell you. It's right here. It's right across from the Outlet Malls up there. It's 25372 Sierra Center Boulevard. It's technically in Lutz, but it's kind of Wesley Chapel. It's right off of I-75, like literally a minute off I-75 North. So make sure you join us tomorrow. Bailey and myself will be out there. And then, Matt, you and Casey Adams will be doing live in-game analysis at 8.15. So we start at 6.15, and then we turned it over to you guys about 30 minutes prior to kickoff. And then at 8.15, that's when the action starts. You, Casey, will be talking Bucks, Ravens football, offering up your insight and analysis and, uh, and putting up great posts and super chats and stuff all throughout the game. So if you don't like the commentators, uh, turn down the broadcast, listen to Matt, Casey, and and enjoy Pewter Game Day. That's right. We also have Josh Capo on, which will be a lot of fun. Yes. Josh provides a lot of great insight and analysis. So very much looking forward to that. I mean, it couldn't get worse on the field for the Bucs last week, and I still had a great time. Uh, you know, everyone in the chat was was fantastic, too. So um, really appreciate everyone that watches and, and, and enjoys it because it's a really fun time to do whether the team is good or bad. And if they start yeah. playing better and only make the shows even that much more That's enjoyable. Right. So, uh, yeah, join us, join us tomorrow. It's going to be a great time. Six fifteen all the way up to kickoff. And then the, uh, in-game analysis and everything on the tailgate show from there, a uh, game day yeah. show. Yeah. And we would be remiss if, um, if we didn't let you know about age rejuvenation, who's the presenting sponsor of Peter reports, uh, tailgate show. And as we age, our hormones decrease, both for men and women. I was tired all the time, had no sex drive. I was groggy. I felt like I was 80 years old because everything hurt. I came to age rejuvenation because I was tired all the time. Bioidentical hormones has really made such an impact in people's lives. I actually enjoy shopping now. Got my, all my energy back. Mind is sharp. I feel like I'm 18 again. It was perfect for me. Get with Age Rejuvenation. Do it now. Don't wait. Call Age Rejuvenation today. I am 50 years old, and this team is aging me on a weekly basis. I, 
But the good news is I'm fighting back against bad Buccaneer football with age rejuvenation. Guys, if you want to feel great, feel better than you do right now, go to age rejuvenation, lose weight, feel great, have better sex. I went to age rejuvenation today for my blood work and I've dropped three pounds of, of actual fat, not just weight, but actual fat. My lean muscle mass is up. My actual body fat percentage is down and I'm 50 and I feel like I'm 40. And this is the God's honest truth. John Gilmore, retired Buccaneer who helps us out on Peter Report tailgate shows. He's 43 and he says he feels like he could play again. And I believe him. He, John looks fantastic. You might have seen Age Rejuvenation as the sponsor of my SR Spav 5 column on pewterreport.com. And, of course, they're the presenting sponsor of the Pewter Report tailgate show. And I'm an Age Rejuvenation customer myself. I turned 50. Energy became a problem. Actually, it became a problem back in my mid-40s. I just didn't do anything about it. Turns out I've got low testosterone, like most men do in their 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s. And that's natural. It's a natural function. It just diminishes as you age. So there's not much you can do about that, right, fellas, if it happens naturally? Ho, 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 wrong. Low testosterone affects everything from weight loss to energy to stamina, and there's a way to fight it. That's what I did with the testosterone therapy at Age Rejuvenation. I've got more energy. Visit agerejuvenation.com to find out more and schedule that free consultation. It's worth it. Trust me, it's something I should have done years ago. If you're having problems with energy, if you're tired, mental acuity, problems in the bedroom, whatever you have, Age Rejuvenation with five Tampa Bay area locations can help serve you. Lose weight, feel great with age rejuvenation. That's going to do it for us, ladies and gentlemen. We will be back tomorrow again. The Pewter Report tailgate show at 6.15. The Pewter game day show at 8.15. Will the Bucks finally win for the first time in a long time? We shall see. But For Scott Reynolds, I'm Matt Matera saying thank you, everybody, for watching today's show. We will see you tomorrow for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out. Out. Dare I say go Bucks? Go Bucks. Show us something.